Amen, 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 amen. I want to go to youth camp too. I mean, that after seeing that, I thought to myself, I need to get younger. I want to go to youth camp myself after seeing that. You know what? When I went to youth camp, all we had was a pool. I mean, they didn't have all the bells and whistles and all that other stuff, but uh, man, that, that looked so uh, fun and it looked good. And uh, I want you to take your with me. I'm, I'm kind of changing directions. Uh, uh, how many of you received what pa- uh, Pastor John said today? Uh, I really felt the, the word of the Lord, actually. John, uh, I, I'm, I'm blaming this on you uh, for the direction of my change, but uh, I felt the Holy Spirit was saying something when he said to proceed with caution. And, you know, how many of you believe it's good to wait on the Lord? It's good to seek the Lord on every situation in your life. You don't, you, uh, the the tendency is for, I think, all of us uh, is to, to jump, run ahead of things. And it's so vital that we wait upon God. You know, we, we live in a very fast-paced society, a culture that is pushing you. Uh, things are changing. You can't even buy an iPhone for two weeks and three weeks away. It's already outdated. You know, I mean, things, technology, it's conditioned our thinking. I'll never forget one time years ago, my wife and I bought a new car and the next year came out and I told my wife, I don't like my old car anymore, you know, because uh, I wanted the new car. And you know, I, just just things are hitting us all the time. And um, one of the things that I believe the Holy Spirit is doing and what he's been speaking to me about lately is that I, I want my people to break, embrace the paradigm shift that he's doing in the church in this hour. Uh, just let me give you some practical things starting off right here. Number one, turn the television off. If you're an individual that is affected by the news and what's going on with the news, turn it off in Jesus' name. You say, well, pastor, shouldn't we be updated with current events? Let me tell you, the best way to get current events is on your knees anyway. God's going to give you far greater things. Now, I I admit, I do myself, I've watched television, but I've told Carol hundreds of times, turn, turn it off. Just just turn it off. Well, don't you watch Fox News or CNN? Yeah, we still turn it off. Because I'll be honest, I'm one of those kind of guys that talk back to the TV. I don't know if anybody know what that means. But uh, when I hear something, I'm sitting there, they're a bunch of liars. And Carol says, Ray, look look, look at your spirit. Look at your spirit. And I I, I tell Carol, Carol, uh, please don't preach at me right now. It is, I'm... I'm, I'm taking a political position right now, and I am not really happy with the commentary that's coming out because it's a lie in Jesus' name, you know. And so I, I, I'm just, just being honest with you guys that uh, Pastor Ray doesn't go shundai, shundai, shundai. No, no, I get upset with the news. My wife, thank God it's good to listen to your spouse. She says, turn the TV off or let's both turn the TV. Let's take a walk. You know, some of the most spiritual things you can do is some of the simplest things. Anyway, uh, turn the television off. Uh, How many of you also believe that we need to be careful with our culture around us? Okay, our culture is not always right. And by the way, how many of you believe that the devil is the master? He is the master of tolerance. 
He teaches tolerance. He wants to blur the lines between right, what's wrong, what's good, what's evil, what's holy, what's not holy. He wants to make everything is beautiful and everything's wonderful and everything's fine. And it's acceptable. And I just want to let you guys know that the more we grow in Christ, remember Hebrews 1.9, it says this. First of all, let me ask this question. How many of you could use more joy in your life? Okay, joy. And what is joy for? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay, remember what it says about Jesus himself. It says, because he loved righteousness and hated, everyone say hate. Do you know hate is a very godly word? You may think, well, I thought God was love. No, God's a God of hate too. Wow, I haven't heard that one before. Take your concordance and look it up. Because he loved righteousness and hated iniquity, he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his brethren. Read it. Do you know that you cannot truly love your wife until you hate what destroys your marriage? There's no such thing as a lukewarm marriage. You can't have a lukewarm love for God. Well, God, I love you, but love sin too. It doesn't work that way. The more you grow in your love for God, the more discernment and hatred are you going to have for sin. And you'll be sensitive to it. Your conscience will be sensitive. You'll hear that. How many of you want to hear that still, small voice? That still, small voice that says, no, it stings. It stings you. I I can't be walking that way. Why? Because I'm guarding my heart. I'm walking cautiously. It has nothing to do with legalism. There's something holy inside of my life. I'm I'm guarding it. I I want God's presence. How many of you want the blessing, the favor, and the anointing of God and and joy of the Lord in your life? I I want to share a testimony. Forgive me to, to some of you who have heard this before, but years ago, my very, very first car was a 1964 Chevrolet Impala. I knew nothing about mechanics. Still to this day, know nothing about mechanics. But back in those days, when I was driving my 64 Chevrolet Impala, I had the most annoying experience on the dash. It had this red blinking check engine light came on. And it kept blinking. Blink, blink. Blink. And I'd be driving my car along, and it's just check engine, check engine, check engine. And I went home, and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, the check engine light keeps blinking on and off. And he said, well, you might have, you might have a problem with your engine. So look under your hood. He didn't come out and look with me, but I, I looked under the hood, didn't see a problem. Didn't see a problem, I, accelerated the gas, stepped on the gas, goosed it a little bit. Sounded great. Well, guess what? I kept driving around my little town of Hood River with my check engine light, red light. That. And, and my, dad, my dad called this, and he, 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 back in the old days, the old timers used to call them idiot lights, you know, because they, they usually sometimes had shorts in them. Sometimes they had a short, and, it, and, and now today we, every car has a, what they call it, some kind of electronic brain in it that sensors that lets you know that there's a problem in this part of the car and this. Well, back in those days, engines were actually simple. 
How many of you remember the day when you could actually open your hood and see the engine? Nowadays, you can't even see the thing. It's covered by everything, plastic and all these things. Well, well anyway, I'm driving around town for a couple of weeks, and I got so tired of that check engine light, blank, 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 that I got smart, and I took a piece of duct tape and covered the light. Because I'm tired of seeing that blank, 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 blank. And when I covered the red engine light, guess what? I was happy that that dumb red light was out of my sight. And I kept driving. And I drove for a couple more weeks. Until one day, I'm on a long-distance trip from Hood River to Portland, Oregon, which is 60 miles on the freeway outside of Troutdale, Oregon. And outside, I hear this kaboom in black and blue smoke coming out the rear end of my car. And I lost power. I had no idea what happened. And by the way, I forgot all about their check engine light. Because I was just driving along like nothing's going on. And I pulled over. And back in those days, we didn't have cell phones, so I had to walk, thank God, it was only about five miles, but I walked into Troutdale, had to pay a tow driver to bring it, and back in those days, how many of you remember when gas stations actually had repair stores in the, well, we're all dated, aren't we, praise God, this morning, but, but they had repair stores in the gas station, and this, this old guy comes out, and he, uh, he looks under the hood and he's doing this. Wow, what did you do? A manifold here, man. A manifold is shot and some gaskets gone. And then he gets inside and he looks at my dash and he says, Who put the tape over the check engine light? And I'm a 16 year old kid, 17, 16, 17 year old kid. I did. I put it over it. He says, why did you do that? He says, well, because nothing was happening at the time, and it, it looked fine, and everything was running well, and I I just got, it, it just kind of was um, bothersome that that darn red light kept blinking on, so I covered it. He said, young man, do you understand that red lights mean something? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I figure, I figure it does now. I ended up paying like $300, $400 to have that manifold, whatever. He, I'm there for six hours, and I took my car, got my car home, and my dad said, it's out of your pocket, partner. I said, well, Dad, you said there was an idiot light. It's an idiot light. Remember that? Anybody remember that? So they, call, they call it dumb light, idiot light. I don't know what other light they have. Because th- sometimes those lights came on and because there were shorts in them. Th- there was a short. Well, this one had, didn't have a short. It was giving me a lot of time. And finally, when that whatever manifold, whatever blue broke, the seal broke, and now I'm out of money. Here's the point. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. And you know what? He is so patient. And when that 
red lights going off. We don't want to take advantage and just kind of put a piece of tape over our conscience and say, I don't see it. Not there. I want you to jump with me to a passage. And with this, I'm going to close because I know our time's gone. I want you to jump with me into Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. This was not my message, but I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. Notice what it says, Psalms 1. Blessed, everyone say blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What's the counsel of the ungodly? What is it? Is it just a political statement? Is it a... Is it a well, is it culture? Yes, it can mean a lot of things. But, but the counsel of the ungodly is any counsel that goes against God's word. I have a brother that is a year younger than me. And when he was in high school, he had tremendous, tremendous athletic ability. He was a better athlete. He's a little taller than me, skinnier than me. We both were in track. But all of a sudden, my younger brother had a need. But that, in, during those days, family, there wasn't teaching on family like there is today in marriage. Well, we, this was clear back in the mid to late 60s, early 70s. But my brother had a need in his life. He had a he had a hunger for friends. He wanted friends. And going to school, like I was going to school, both of us raised in a Christian family. But there was a need that I don't think my family at the time, as any parent can have or see, didn't see it. So Ron began to just make friends with people that began to get them alone, and that's the key, is getting you away from parents, family, church, all that. Get you alone and begin to entice my brother with the drinking of alcohol. And it just, it just started as a simple thing. It was a simple thing. I'm not saying people drinking alcohol are going to hell. But for my brother Ron, it was a start of a road that began to lead him for the next 20 years into alcoholism. Destroyed his first marriage, took over his life, lost several jobs because of something that was enticed, not because he wanted to drink, he just wanted friends. How many of you know that's the way the devil works? The devil's not here to say with a big billboard, Hey, I'm here to deceive you in two days. Just to let you know, I'm going to send some of your close friends. They're going to set you up for failure so you can have a life of addiction. And I want your life to crash and burn. Billboard! How many of you know the devil doesn't work like that? He 
works through the people that you think you trust. He works through the people that are your friends. Oh, Pastor Ray, are you telling us that we shouldn't have any friends? No, 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 no. I'm not saying not to have friends. We all need friends. But not all friends are walking down the same road you're walking. Not all friends are observing the cautious cautious little light that says, check engine, check engine, check engine. See, you might see those check engine lights, but they've put tape over it in their conscience. I'm not going to check engine. I'm not going to check it out. I'm going to do my thing. Now, how many of you believe Jesus loves us? Did he die just because he felt sorry for us? Did he die just because he pitied us? No, he, he didn't even die just to redeem us. He died, he died so we would be holy as he is holy. How many of you believe he wants us to be like him? Now, my teaching this morning is not against alcoholism. That please don't leave here. I'll have him. Pastor Ray must be against drinking. No, no I'm, I'm not saying that at all. In fact, Paul, Paul said this in Corinthians. He says, I won't be mastered by anything. How many of you know a person can have a food addiction? Gluttony. Do you know gluttony can send you to hell too? I know we always think of drugs, sex, rock and roll, and porn, and all that garbage. But, but, but there's some things. How, how about self-righteousness, pride? Can pride send you to hell? Can bride, pride break fellowship? Unforgiveness? You know, you, you, you might have never done alcohol, drugs, porn. You've never done any of the big bad sins. But you could have a sense of self-righteousness. I'm so glad. Like Luke 18. Luke 18 says about two men that came into the temple one day. One man was a sinner and the other one was a Pharisee. And the Pharisee said, thank you, Lord. Oh, God, thank you. I'm so glad I'm not like John Stanford. Oh, I'm so thankful that sinner, he's just a sinner. But I tithe twice a week. I pray. I go to the synagogue. I'm so faithful in church. The Bible says that the sinner wouldn't even look up to heaven. It says, but beat his breasts. Wouldn't even look up. And he said, Father, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Wash me. Then Jesus said this. He asked the question to the Pharisees. Who went home cleansed and justified? It was a question to the crowd. And they're confused. I don't know. He said, the man who humbles himself will be exalted, but he who exalts himself will be humbled. See, God doesn't look at things the way we look at things. How many of you getting that? Well, pastor, you're just kind of opening the door wide for us all to sin now. No, I'm not. Not at all. Whether Here's a news flash. We're all sinners. Some of us sins 
are very blatant. Some sins are huge. Some sins are out there for everybody to see. Some of our sins are well hidden and packaged so nicely, and they're cuddled so cleanly, and we have such a religious facade. And you can still be going to hell unless you come to recognize that Jesus, search me, O Lord, and know my ways and see if there be any wicked thing in me. That was the cry of David. Search me. Everyone say, search me. I'm always asking the Lord. It's not because I'm righteous. I'm asking God always, Lord, search my heart. I'm going to tell you something. Almost on a weekly basis, God is showing something in Ray Galligan that needs to be changed. Every week. Every week. God shows me something inside of me. Not out of condemnation. He says, Ray, I want you to grow in this area. You know what I want to do? Put a piece of tape over the flashing light. I don't want to see that one. I don't like that warning sign. God sends us warnings. We need to heed them. We need to listen to them. Are we we all alive here this morning? But look at what the rest of the scripture says. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the council, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scorn. That word scorn means to mock. They're mocking people. But his delight, everyone say delight. His delight is in the word of the Lord. And in his word... He reads once every six months. Oh, I guess I got a wrong translation here. And in his law, he meditates. How long? How long? How long? Wow. I know I, I, I used to watch TV day and night, but how about reading the word day and night? Why, why, would, why would God emphasize such a habit and a routine? Is it works? Is it because he's just trying to take up our time? What's he trying to do? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's trying to transform your mind from becoming orphans to sons. He's trying to transform you to start thinking like kings, queens, trying to transform your mind so you begin to think like the winner you were created to be. He's not trying to fill your mind so you can go away feeling bad about yourself. Do you know there are people, there's, there's a couple kinds of people, when they open the Bible, the Bible is a closed book. Part of the reason, there's a couple of reasons, they're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit's the only thing that can open this book? Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that can open the Word. Do you know that the Bible can be a book of death to to you and to others? I'm going to tell you one thing. There was a day when I used to preach the Word of God, and it brought death to people. Let me say it again. There was a day when I, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you know why I was reading? I was under the law and didn't know it. It's possible to take the Word of God and bring the Word, and it destroys rather than brings life. 
What caused prostitutes, liars, drunkards, tax collectors to turn from their lifestyle to becoming fully following Jesus? It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. The Pharisees were puzzled by the fact that sinners sinners sat and ate with Jesus. I want to ask you a question, New Life. Are sinners comfortable with you? They should be. They should like to be around you. I know some of you are looking, well, that's for right here. You mean, yeah, but that's tolerance. We're we're tolerating their sin. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you to tolerate their sin. How many of you know, for God so loved the world. Jesus himself said that he was a friend to the sinner. Here's the thing. The thing that brings lasting change is when you begin to honor, value, befriend, talk. Listen. Everyone say listen. Do you know some of the best conversations I've had with ungodly people? It's just listen. You know, one of the things I've been trying to do with people that, I, that don't know me, I don't want them to know I'm a pastor. Do you know why? Because they already have programmed in their head. Well, we know we, we, we know what you're here for. You're going to preach. You're going to preach. Oh, you're going to preach at us. But to just listen. Just tell me what you're walking through. Now, there's a place and a time, and I, I've said this to our own leaders. You don't have a right to speak into anybody's life until you earn it. You have to earn the right to speak into someone's life. That takes time. I honestly believe Jesus put his arms around drunks. The fact that he let the woman with the alabaster box come and anoint his feet, touch his feet, and touch his hair Do you know that under the Old Covenant, anyone who was unclean, if they touched you, they became unclean. But under the New Covenant, when Jesus touched the unclean, the unclean became clean. Isn't that amazing? So stop walking around like, there's a sinner. there's There's another one. Oh, oh, there's another filthy, dirty, they're going to hell. Oh, 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 gotta get. There's sinners over there. Here's my banner. I'm a Christian. God help us. For God so loved. The world. He loved them even while they were yet sinners. Christ died. Well, everyone say while. While. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm just boldly honest. You know, the more you grow in the Lord, there is, an, there is a hatred for sin. I hate sin. I hate it. I, it, it. There's an anger. There is a righteous anger. But we've got to direct that anger towards the sin, not the sinner. They're broken. They're lost. They're blind. They're deceived. They're going the wrong way. And you are the only light they have. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Jesus said first, I'm the light of the world. But then in Matthew 5, he said, you are the salt and the light. Everyone say, I'm shining. And then turn to your neighbor and say, you're awful bright today. You're bright. There's something, there's something resilient. There's something life-giving. There's something that's, that's something. And you know what that brightness is? It's His grace. Do, do you, I want to share something. I, I do my own treasure hunts. I've been giving total strangers hugs. And they kind of back off like, I just, I, I put my arm around him and just say, I want you to know I value you. How do you know? You don't know me. I know I don't, but I know that there's a God who does. And I serve a God who values you, so I value you. Blows their minds. When you value people, and they experience the value and the love of God, it creates this battle in their mind. Well, I always thought Christians hated us. I thought Christians thought we're just going to hell. We're going to burn hot because of our sin and our tolerance for sin and our political views. And I, I thought you Christians are stuffy and stuck up. And But you're showing patience and value and life and you, 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 you really care? You actually want to take me to Starbucks? You know, I, you know I'm a sinner. Yeah, I know you are. But I care about you. Man, it just, it does something into the mindset of people. That's what Jesus did. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Notice what it says. I, I know my time is gone. Holy Spirit says this. He who delights in the law. Do you know why you delight? This is why you delight. Oh, I love this. Keep your finger there. Jump over with me to Psalms 27. Look at this. This is why you delight in the law. I'm sorry. Psalms 27, not 37. I said 27. Listen to this. Psalms 27, verse 13. Psalms 27. I would have lost heart. I would have given up 
unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Isn't that amazing? I would have, I would have given up. I would have lost heart unless I knew I would see. Everyone say, see. Listen to me. It's not enough for people to hear the news. They got to see the news. They're not interested in your preaching. They want to see it. I would have given up had I not seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. I would have given up. How many here are far more drawn to people that love you and you're going to hear their message than people that preach at you? We live in a divided, divisive, negative, pessimistic world right now. We live in a world that is not just politically divided. Our nation, not to be negative, but in my opinion, I believe it is a setup for revival. I believe God is trying to wake the church up. And in the midst of the negativity, the church needs to rise up and say, Lord, this is our hour now. This is our hour. I want to say this to some of you guys, all of us. There's neighbors people across the street. Yesterday, by the way, I want to say this newsflash. I just want to honor our young people for helping move. You guys, we were moving Leanne and Jason, uh, and you guys were such a blessing, our young people. Real leadership. It's just honor, as well as the adults. We needed their help, helping them move, and our young people just showing up. I wanted to honor you guys for being such an amazing blessing yesterday. Really, all of you. That's, that's leadership. Appreciate you guys. And, and, and uh, But Jason, Jason had a gentleman there, and he was hypoglycemic, and he asked me to pray for him. And uh, so I just laid my hand on him. And one of the things about praying for the sick it's so important when you pray for the sick, it's important that you get people to act on faith. Don't just pray over people, okay, I'll be in Jesus' Jesus' name, I rebuke that hypoglycemic and I speak balance. No, no. It's so important that you ask them to take a step of faith. When I was done praying for him, because he felt a, a very anemic, he just says, well, something, something happened. Something came inside, something. I said, how are you feeling? Just feel stronger. Right after we got done praying. I said, do something you couldn't do. I says, well, I can do pretty much everything, but I just felt weak. Here's my point. The world is waiting for you. The world is waiting for you to demonstrate and bring the power of the kingdom right into their life. Amen? All around you. Can you bow your heads this morning? Just bow your heads this morning. By the way, we're going to have some awesome life groups tonight. I pray you come.
where you make the time to come and fellowship. I believe what John said today was so important. The Lord wants us to discern the times. We need to discern the years and the times. David in Psalms says, Lord, teach me to number my days. Teach me to number my days and to know wisdom. God has so much in store for us. He has some things that he wants to open our hearts and our eyes to. Miracles, healing is nothing to him. He's just looking for vessels that are willing to trust and believe him. Maybe this morning you might say, you know, Pastor Ray, I know last week I spoke on fire, holy fire. You just say, I I just need the Lord to continue to blow on the embers in my heart. Help me to see my Heavenly Father as a good Father, a loving Father, a Father who helps me to see in the years of my life the goodness of God. I would have lost heart had I not seen the goodness of God. Maybe this morning you've been conditioned for a long time. And all you see is hopelessness. All you see is what the enemy has tried to plant through vain imagination, maybe through thoughts. Maybe, maybe you're walking through circumstances that you, uh, you know you can't, you can't change. But, but what is my place and position of faith? Do you have your eyes fixed on the goodness of a loving Father who cares and sees? Do you realize that there's nothing, nothing that you're walking through that He does not prepare and give you grace to go through it? There's nothing that you're walking through that He's not planning and preparing to use you in a way to bring deliverance, healing, and life to others, just like Joseph. When Joseph told his brother in one day, he says, you guys meant to kill me. But God used this to save much life and cattle. God's lifting our vision. He's changing our hearts. Don't put the tape like I did on my car. Don't put the tape on the warning signs. Check under the hood. How's my spirit doing? How's my heart doing? So important. Maybe this morning you may say, Pastor Ray, I've been chugging along. I know God has so much more for me, but I have settled for less. I need to have my vision lifted this morning. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to just pray with you. See your hand. Anyone else? See your hand. Can we all stand to our feet this morning? Some hands went up this morning. If you'd like prayer, I I want to invite you. Do not be embarrassed. 
Because what's going to happen is there's going to be a divine impartation. It's going to be life. God wants to change us from glory to glory. He wants to lift you higher. He wants you to go out with a weapon in your hand, with an understanding in your heart. He wants to break off the curse of an orphan spirit and make you a son, a daughter, a king, a queen. He wants you to understand you're seated with authority in heavenly places, blessed far above, to do abundantly above all that you could ask or think, even now. Maybe this morning you may say, you know, I need a transformation in my thinking. I need my thoughts to change. I need my direction to change. If that's you, I want you to come right now. You come. You come right now. I need my thoughts to be guarded. I need my mind to be renewed in Jesus' name. Feel free to come. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I need my heart. There's some more of you. Don't be embarrassed. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. We all stand in His holy light and He sees the hearts. I could have some of our leaders just come and pray with some of these. Appreciate it. Can you all take each other by the hand as well? I want you to intercede just for a minute. I want you to be praying for your neighbor on the right hand and left hand. I want you to intercede. This is what I want you to intercede about. I want you to intercede that God would make himself greater. Everyone say greater. Greater is he who is in them than he that is in the world. I want you to say the word greater over them right now. Say it. Greater. Greater. Greater life. Greater understanding. Greater breakthrough. Greater Father, the the greatness of your love, the greatness of the gospel. Father, we just, we pray right now that our minds and our kingdom would decrease, but you would increase. Let there be the increase of your kingdom, the increase of faith, the increase of life in Jesus' name. An exchange. We break off the spirit of poverty. We bind the spirit of impoverished poverty and we declare wealth, life, abundance. We declare, Lord, that supreme authority and the greatness of who you are because we serve a great king. Father, we bind the lie of the enemy. We bind every lie and every vain imagination and every thought that would come against the obedience of Christ and we pull down strongholds in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
I see that right now the Lord's breaking off some religious traditions. There's religious traditions that people have grown up with as a child. God's breaking religious traditions and he wants to set you free from where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. He wants to bring a new freedom, liberty in your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Loose. We bind and we loose. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor.